0: Welcome to the Dramatically Different Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Cheryl Ravalis Magipinto, and I am a registered dietitian nutritionist and a certified lifestyle eating and performance therapist. I specialize in emotional eating, and I am also the owner of Healing Heart Nutrition and the creator of the Gain Control of Your Eating Program. Join me, and together, let us gain some perspective on how to finally end the guilt behind how we actually eat and to actually start living your truth today. Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining me for the Dramatically Different Dietitian. And I wanted to have a little bit of a follow-up from my earlier episode, I believe it was episode three, where I kind of took a little bit of a uh, personal journey with you and shared a little bit about my emotional eating and how I feel it stemmed from my, you know, upbringing and, you know, my environment and the culture that I came from. And, you know, we have this thing in the world that I believe... If we look at the different type of medicines that we have, you know, Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy, conventional medicine, functional medicine, and the bottom line is what it comes down to is a lot of times we can have practitioners that look at the problem. So you come in and you're talking to me, for example, and you're telling me that your problem is overeating and it's an emotional eating issue, right? So some clinicians treat the problem, which is great, right? So maybe they um, uh, talk with you and they might uh, prescribe a diet, counting macros, um, giving you some type of meal plan. And yeah, maybe those things are great. And yes, those are things that I actually use as tools um, to help the issue at times. But if the practitioner or the clinician or the doctor, whoever it is that you're working with. Work. In this case, I'm, I'm, I'm using emotional eating and overeating because my specialty focus is a registered dietitian. But in terms of like a doctor or, um, you know, physical therapist, anything like that, if you're coming in and you're treating the problem, that's great. And you're probably going to get relief in some sense. But if we don't look at the actual symptoms of that problem, so again, am going to use emotional eating and overeating, the symptoms of that is what really needs to be addressed, right? That's where the behavior change comes. That's where the retraining of those subconscious eating behaviors come. And that's really, I know, the focus, um, after initially kind of setting the stage of treating the problem, is the most of the work that I do and believe why it is Um, Most people that work with me are successful. So, you know, how do we prioritize eating? Um, And how do we know if we're an emotional eater? Well, you know, I mentioned before, if any of you listen to me on a regular basis, that, you know, we are human. And we all have ebbs and flows in our life where our environment, especially living in the United States, food is so abundant to us. Right. So we can be emotionally eating um, at, you know, once in a great while and meaning that, okay, because it's a great, fun festivity. Holidays not too long ago has passed. Excuse me. I'm going to take a swig of uh, some water here. I've been having a little tickle in my throat. And you can use that as an example. But does that mean that you are an emotional eater? In my opinion, no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. You know, I, you know, I, first of all, will say to somebody, if you think you're an emotional eater, let's just kind of look and look at your environment, look at your behaviors and ask yourself, how often are you eating in response to an emotion? And the emotion doesn't always have to be, you know, I'm sad or I'm angry or I'm frustrated. You know, an emotion can be a happy thing. Emotion can be, um... A celebratory thing right emotions there's tons of emotions so that would be my first thing for you to kind of look at and any of you that know me know that i really encourage people especially in the beginning i require you to keep a journal and it's not just necessarily a food journal i mean yes obviously it's helpful to know what you're eating But it's really more helpful to look at your behaviors, right? You know, what are you doing first thing when you get up? How does your mindset and your thoughts um, motivate you to make the decisions that you make? And again, looking at how often are you eating in response to emotion? The other really important thing that uh, I will share with my clients, especially the ones that are in or have been in my gain control of my eating program, which is the specific one that's focused around emotional eating is, you know, how often are you doing it? Right? So, okay, I eat in response to an emotion, but how often am I doing it? Am I doing it every day? Or am I just doing it in certain environments? So then that helps us to get a little bit more specific. The other really important thing is, Is there anything else that you do in regards to it? So people will often say to me, Cheryl, what do you mean by that? And I'll say, well, if you, for example, have a rough day at work or maybe uh, Wednesday, I had this one woman that she would go into the office only on Wednesdays. And she felt that she used to be out of control with her eating on Wednesdays. So is that an emotional eater? It could be. Absolutely. Absolutely but is she doing anything else to know how to deal with that stress or that anxiety that she had going into the office? Well, if I never really asked her that question, she probably wouldn't be able to figure out the symptom, right? Of that behavior of the problem that she said was the overeating and in this case, emotional eating cuz she, you know, wasn't feeling good, she was anxious. So, I'm not saying it's easy, And it is some work, but I do think that those are two really helpful strategies to get you kind of thinking out of the box and getting you to really kind of ask yourself, what other things am I doing besides maybe using food to help me? And um, it may just be, um, you know, (laughs) one day out of the week when you're doing something, or it may be. Um, Another example that I can share with you is a dad that used to travel all over the place and, but he would do it for like six months out of a year, out of the year. And then when he was home, primarily he used to be home in the summer, he was like, took over the kids and would, you know, drive them everywhere. He had like four children and he would drive them, you know, to whatever camps they were in. Um, friend's house, you know, whatever it is that the kids did, basically, that's was kind of his life. And that's what he wanted to do when he wasn't working. And he felt that, you know, he had a a food issue, he used to put on weight when he would come home, and then we would go back to traveling and going to work, he was fine, he would kind of take it off. And as he got a little bit older, he wasn't feeling as well, he had some other clinical things that were going on. So he had come to me, My whole point in bringing you this, 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 um, example is the problem he had, right? Was overeating, but it was really emotional as well because he, and it wasn't an emotion like a sad emotion. It was an emotion like he was excited, right? So there were certain, you know, depending on what towns he would go, sometimes he'd have to travel out of state with his kids. He had this one daughter, (coughs) excuse me. She was really good in, um, soccer. And there would be specific restaurants that he would like or, you know, little things that he just wanted. And he would eat in response to the emotion of he had this freedom, right, in some sense. He only had to worry about toting his kids around and being there and cheering them on and kind of doing this. And he was overeating and he was emotionally eating. How did we find that out? Well, (laughs) we looked at, okay, how often are you eating in response to an emotion A lot of times when people think of emotional eating, we think of someone who is struggling with depression or anxiety, um, or an uncontrollable type of maybe binge eater. And yes, all of those things can be true, but in the case that I just shared with you, that's another case that can be true, right? So in this case, this gentleman was like excited, um, felt that he was able to kind of just do whatever he wanted and treat himself in regards to food, uh, which, in this case caused him to gain weight and overeating was his problem. So we looked at the symptoms of it and the symptoms was, well, you know, we have to strategize things differently and, and, and everything and ended up to work out. But where I see people, you know, the, both cases I shared with you were, were, were great cases and, um, both people were successful and were able to, um, control the emotional eating and you know do other strategies other than using food in response to an emotion they were also able to control the overeating bouts that they had because they recognized the type of foods that they were eating and they might have thought hey maybe I need to hydrate add different things so then they don't have the overeating so we were able to treat the symptoms of that problem of the overeating and emotional eating but when does it or how is it when maybe I might think We need to do a little bit more work, right? Well, in addition to the journal that I would tell somebody to do and really kind of looking at their behaviors, I'd also tell them to kind of really look at their self-talk. How do you talk to yourself? And notice the moments of your self-judgment. Meaning, are you like comparing yourself to others? Um, You know, or what image do you think you need to be? or, um, like, you know, maybe you, you, you know, you, you're thinking higher standards of yourself and, you know, self judgment, you know, we say judgment, it, 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 it doesn't sound like a positive word. And most times I think it just depends on how you're using it to explain it. But there is times where, you know, we do need to judge within ourselves to see if we're doing what it is that we're challenging ourselves to do. Right. And sometimes, That can be uncomfortable, and that's not necessarily a bad thing if it's done in a kind, compassionate way, (laughs) right? So, you know, we can self-judge, and we can have self-talk, but what is it like, okay? Because we can actually be eating in response to an emotion, which is the problem if we're not noticing the moments of this self-judgment that maybe we have throughout the day, And maybe it's not positive, okay? So, um, you know, that, that would be another question that I would probably ask. And, you know, when you look at your thoughts and you recognize them, you know, the next layer of that would be, you know, what does this type of thinking provide for you? Again, is it challenging you to be a better version of yourself? Is it kind? Is it compassionate? Or is it, you know, causing you to, Again, be emotional, eat, grab the food, and overeat. Again, a symptom of that problem. So, you know, I really think it's important to, you know, look at this and, you know, notice what's helping you and what's not. You know, a lot of times we're on autopilot. A lot of times um, we're thinking of all the things we need to do and be versus and take care of versus then really kind of checking in with ourselves or... Sometimes we'll have I have clients that check off the box and you know I drank my water I went to the gym I did my meditation but yet they're not really they're just doing something that they're told to do right and nothing against a calm app or a meditative app but if it's guiding you and it's telling you what to do and it's specific for whatever it is that you're doing such as maybe like you know listening to the sounds or tapping into your breathing those are all great things but sometimes we have to do hard work and we have to notice our thoughts and we have to notice how are they serving us. Are they serving us to help us move forward in a positive way, in a compassionate way? Or are they helping us to move forward in kind of like this, you know, I'm not really doing a good job, I should do better, um, you know, uh, type of way of thinking. So I, 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 I thought it was important to go a little bit deeper and kind of help my clients, right? This is how I work with my clients, but to share with you not only how I help them, but again, if you're struggling and you think that, you know, your overeating is out of control, and you definitely know you're an emotional eater, and, you know, maybe you're in search of a diet, right? Because it's, it's going to control, right? It's going to control the problem of me overeating because it's going to tell me what to do. And, it, 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 it probably is going to do that and it will, you will see results. But my point to all of you is please look at the symptoms of that problem of your overeating. Look at the symptoms of that problem of the emotional eating piece that you have. Because if you don't, then you're probably going to go back to the way that you were and you're just going to go through this vicious cycle. So that's what I have for you today, folks, and I, as always, appreciate all of you for supporting and listening to me, and if you have any questions or in response to what we talked about today, feel free to reach me. I am HealingHeartNutrition.com, Cheryl at HealingHeartNutrition.com. Feel free to email me. I don't think I've ever shared the email with you, but... If for any specific questions, feel ahead and go ahead and drop me a line there. But I hope you all have a happy, healthy, and productive day. And I will talk to you in the next show. Thanks everybody for listening to the Dramatically Different Dietitian with your host, Cheryl Ravelisse Magipinto.